toast and joking too. Sipping and roasting is what we do. Light them up, drink them down. Whiskey and cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Well, Sounds like a party start. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world famous Smokin' and Toastin' Show. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We got a lot to talk about today, so welcome to program number 308. That is precisely halfway to 333, which right. we will be celebrating yes. this year. We'll be throwing well, a, this next year. a big party next year for the 333rd show. So we're like, uh, what, about 25, 26 uh, shows away from Something that Something like that. So that's going to be come exciting. Up faster than we think. Yes, it is. And so what we did at our 100th show was we invited everyone who'd ever been a guest on the show up to that point to join us on this one show. Now, obviously, not everybody could make it, but we had a, 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 a pretty... Uh, robust group of people that showed up and everybody bought bottles and cigars and cans and it was just kind of a free-for-all show it lasted almost four hours yeah it was crazy so then what uh was going to happen is we were going to do it again for the 200th show because it was going to be our exciting you know 200 200 show right and there'd be twice as many people to invite And it happened in the middle of lockdown, so we <laughs> yeah, just we just not decided working. not to do it. Set set our sights on three hundred, and then thought, you know, that's just too predictable. Let's do three thirty three. So that's the way it's going to go, and that's the way the show is going to be. So when we get to our three hundred thirty third show, uh, you know, <laughs> grab some popcorn. To, trying to fool the fates by picking a number they wouldn't. Normal. Exactly. Pick. We didn't want it to. We didn't want it to mess everything up. So, uh, on today's program, we'll be taking a look at the list that have started coming out of the best of the year, uh, specifically about cigars. But we have another list that's kind of interesting. It's a list from um, something called www.conchovalleyhomepage.com/news. But in this article, beer snobs, self-admitted beer snobs have picked and listed the best Texas beers. Oh. So I thought this would be interesting for you and me. There you go. Uh, to take a look and see if we think it's a good list, you know, because our show originates from Texas, from mm-hmm. Houston. And uh, I can already tell you, if it's all Austin, I'm going to be pissed, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> right. it shouldn't be. So, uh, but anyway, this is, our, uh, this is our festive holiday show. I have chosen to dress festively in gray. I see that. This is the matches- least colorful... Yeah, shirt I've ever seen you in. But it I matches think. my gray hair and the gray stubble that I haven't shaved that. Uh, today. So uh, I'm just gray is just a very non-festive color. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey, I read somewhere this week, by the way, that apparently, according to those who know or are in a position to know, that red and pink are out or as some, baby colors. Or some people that make up shit. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, red and pink are out as baby colors now. Oh, yeah? And something called Sad Beige is in. <laughs> sad Beige? <laughs> but I, that's the know, name of the color? Yeah, yes. Well, uh, it's what the article called it. I don't know if that's the real name or not. <laughs> but beige is kind of a sad color, if you think about it. <laughs> but uh, anyway. But I know I've seen that, you know, millennials. Uh, uh, I know more than one millennial that that's kind of their color the color scheme of their house. is kind of like color the color scheme of your jour. shirt. It's kind of you know, all uh, light you and know browns. And... Will, you know how friends will sit around and tell jokes and like like one thing leads to another and then you have this 
ridiculous ongoing joke that just keeps happening over right, and over again. Right, right. So one time, uh, I don't even know how we got there, but we decided that there was a new car called the Dodge and Tepid. <laughs> new exciting colors like taupe and beige. <laughs> now that's, with that's AF, AM I, and I, FM radio. I think I've seen some of those <clears throat> circling around the building. Where I, I we just had this whole, like... This whole uh, uh, promotional uh, scene going on with the Dodge and Tepid. The Dodge and Tepid. I like it. Well, uh, well, yeah. now with wheels. It's apparently, it's apparently kind of like the color scheme thing now. It's sad beige, that for babies' rooms. You know. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go against what your parents had. Your parents had the '90s. Yeah. You know, and that was very colorful. And the 2000s, which were also very colorful. I've never had a newborn, but if I did, I would want the baby's room to be like paisley and tie dye. Yeah, why not? You know, as as bright and, and interesting and colorful with as possible. Stars Stimulating. on the ceiling. Yeah. With the, the constellations on the ceiling. Yeah, too. absolutely. You know, yeah. Why not? Do it. Do it up. You know, mm -hmm. that's the way you should do it. Either that or like all like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Everything would be Batman. Batman you know? Well, uh, welcome to the show. We are, uh, as I said, going to be talking about the best of the year. And we'll be doing some very interesting tasting as well. Our beer tasting for this week. From the American Solera Brewery in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we'll be trying their Czech-style snack called kolache. Oh, that now, sounds nice. Now, I've lived all over the country, and every country has a, a, a particular thing that people love to eat there that's kind of unique to that area, mm -hmm. right? And in Houston, it's kolaches. Not that you can't get a kolache outside of Houston, but they're everywhere here. Oh, yeah. You know? Kolaches are bomb. So I thought it was interesting that well, this also, comes from Well, also, kolaches are technically, uh, some kolaches are technically named wrong because when you put a sausage in it, it's not technically a kolache, even though it's always sold as a kolache. It's it's called something else. I can't remember. This isn't you. But we just, we just call them kolaches. This isn't you saying that a vodka martini is not actually a martini, is it? No, I'm just, I'm just. Telling the technical, like even though <laughs> even though we call like a sausage kolache is yeah. a it, 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 technically it, it it's technically another has name. another name. Got it, got it. But why would we, you, we just lump it in with with the name kolaches? Why would you want a kolache? Breakfast that tacos didn't have also are not everywhere. Oh yeah, that that's kind of a Texas thing, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. very much a Texas yeah, thing. Yeah, I think it is. But anyway, we'll be trying their Czech, <clears throat> Czech style snack called kolache. That sounds. Good. We'll also be trying from and, and this is I did this in honor of you. It's the last show of the year. Oh yeah. So I thought this would be the time for me to bring it with a couple of big beers. Okay. So for Martin House Brewing in Fort Worth, Texas. It's already going to be big. We're trying their Put That Cookie Down Imperial Cookie Ale with Ooh. lactose and vanilla. That sounds fun. From Martin House. I think Those guys are fearless. It's upwards of 10%. They've kind of taken the place of what uh, Dogfish Head was doing for a lot of years. Yeah, now. that's right. We, they're doing, doing like the what really Ingenious really does. Like they're just, They just are fearless. Well, speaking of Ingenious. Oh, we'll be trying their imperial. It's just the name of it is Imperial. Imperial. It's a peanut butter cup imperial milk stout. Nice from Ingenious. <laughs> also upwards of ten percent. Ooh, I love this. So yeah, so you'll be looking forward to that. And uh, on a on a show where we're doing all that big stuff, you got to have a spirit that's going to step in and be nice Drum and big. Roll. So. Say hello to my little book friend. Ooh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Little book. Yeah, this was given to me as a birthday gift for my 60th birthday. So Somebody love you. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty special. So uh so it'll be interesting this to is the 2022 release. Yes, this is the one that's called To the Finish. They give it a different little book name every year that has something to do with literature or or 
or something like that. And this one's called To the Finish, the 2022 release, and it so is exciting. Now, th this, these usually come in like a, a wooden box. Yes, right? I took it out of the wooden box to uh, to transport <clears throat> it here today just because it fit into my bag a little better. Nice. But yeah, it comes in a very nice wooden box with a, with a, mm -hmm. a clear plexiglass type uh, slidable front, and it's really good. So Freddie No, who is uh, – Part of the long and distinguished line of distillers uh, yeah. from the Jim Beam uh, uh, family. Uh, this is his creation. This is his baby. And they're very limited. They come out once a year, and they are uh, always uh, always a little expensive and always sell out very quickly. So Yeah, because they're 120-ish yes, or, or better. Something like that, yep. Um, a piece, but, man, I've never had a little book that wasn't. Mm -hmm just outstanding yeah absolutely well i think you're going to be excited about this one nice uh so we'll uh, we'll be doing uh, a lot of tasting today we'll be talking about the top cigars of the year we'll be uh bringing you a holiday edition of drinking news oh which you can give me the uh, little drinking news teaser headline music if you want but the teaser headline is holiday drinking news 2022 <laughs> So a couple of a couple of holiday drinking news stories combined into one report. There's also a list of books that you could read to become a more knowledgeable drinker, and uh, we were going to share this a few weeks ago, and we just never got to it. But I thought this might be a good show to do that in case we were asking for some last minute, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, gifts or something. You could put this on your Amazon wish list or or whatever. You could become so. an erudite drinker. That's right, erudite. I like that word. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I look mm -hmm. for reasons to use words that have multiple syllables. <laughs> I, I like that. Like in tepid. <laughs> in tepid. <laughs> so a lot of exciting things coming up on the show, and I'm assuming a lot of a, a lot of ex oh, I almost forgot the most exciting thing. Ian's Adventures at the Lone Pint Brewery. Ooh, that was fun. Yeah, so you've got a little video segment you put together uh, when yes, you were yes. at Lone Pint. So Lone Pint, uh, obviously, for both of us, one of our favorite breweries. So fun. Just and uh, my band cool. was playing there that night, so uh, there was a... There was a um, well, I'll talk about it when a segment comes yeah. up. Yeah, all right, so we'll get to that coming up. In the meantime, I can only assume that a man like you has had the opportunity to smoke something interesting this week. Would I be correct? I did, sir. I went and uh, bought myself one of them there, uh, Diesel Whiskey Rose. Mm. Now, you might think to yourself, didn't you do the Diesel Whiskey Row about two years ago? I did. <laughs> but this is the sherry cask version. Uh, and, and why would that stop you in any case? Because <laughs> Whiskey Row's good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. So I like the diesels. Diesels are, uh, like the name implies, they're big. They're, mm -hmm. they're kind of hardcore. They're not... You know, if you're into mild to medium, don't pick up a diesel because it's not going to do you, you right. You gave me a diesel whiskey row last mm, time. We I gave were, you the when, rabbit hole one. At, um, the, at the Christmas party, actually, mm -hmm. and it was delicious. Yeah, it's real good. Mm. But again, big cigars, like they start off full full strength and they stay full strength. Like there's no yeah. backing <laughs> off on them. <laughs> <Yeah>. For sure. <clears throat> and their whole line's like that. I, and I appreciate that because you always know what you're going in for, at least. So I had the uh, Robusto um, 5x52. This is the Diesel Whiskey Row uh, PX Sherry Cask Edition. Um, in in conjunction with um, Rabbit Hole Whiskey and um, and blended by none other than AJ Fernandez. You gotta love him. You gotta love him. So you can already assume a couple things by that, but I'll get to it in a minute. The wrapper is a Connecticut Broadleaf uh, Brazilian binder and uh, Nicaraguan filler. Um, dark espresso brown uh, wrapper, oily with some veins, firm feel overall. Diesel band plus a sherry cask footer on it. 
Um, so the diesels in general have just the footer a lot of times. Right. It says diesel. Right, one, and that's the only This one's a little different, has, yeah. right? This has the mm -hmm. big diesel band up top and then has the footer on it and says what cask it is. Right. Um, <clears throat> the pre-light sniff on it's rich chocolate and coffee, milk, and earth. <clears throat> Forgive me, my voice is in and out today. Uh, the pre-light draw on this punch. I used a punch. I had a medium draw, rich oak and sherry, sweet, dark fruit, chocolate, and earth all through that. The uh, initial light on this, Nicaraguan Pepper Blast. And it's not you even kind a fully of, Nicaraguan cigar, but yeah, it's A.J. Kind of, Fernandez. You kind of expect right. that, though, with A.J.'s stuff. Not right. always, but very often. Nicaraguan Pepper Blast with sweet, fruity undertone, oak, and some mocha in there. The first third of this rich chocolate and espresso pair with oak, sherry, and dark fruit to create a full-body flavor bomb balance between sweet, fruity sherry, dry oak, coffee, pepper, and a kiss of cinnamon. The retrohales oak and sweet pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. The second third is flavors remain constant throughout the uh, throughout with the addition of toast and a little bit of leather. Uh, Retrohale is oak and sweet pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. When I say this, man, I, this thing burned like a laser all the yeah. way down. It was like a super straight line nice. the entire time. You see it in the picture right here. Mm -hmm. um, pepper and earth are more uh, prominent in the last third. Big dense smoke, great for smoke rings, delivers flavor puff after puff, sherry and uh, oak linger long on the aftertaste. Retrohale is oak and pepper with sweet leather. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn. Uh, this cigar cost me $9.30. Mm. Five and a half. Five and a half? Five nice. and a half. I gave it a little a little bit above what you're paying for. I mean, it's just a great cigar. It's huge in flavor, though. Uh, so be be very aware. If you, if you like a full flavor cigar, this is a good place to go. Nice. But if you're more of a mild to medium, be aware. Yeah. Well, diesel in general, you want to yeah. stay away from if you're not into yeah, bigger body cigars because big. they uh, they generally will uh, will suck you in the palate uh, if you're not careful. <laughs> How about you? Did you get anything uh, smoked? This I week? did. I smoked an Arturo Fuente Reserva Extra Viejo Number Fifty Five uh, Torpedo, and I've had Extra Viejo before. I think I've even talked about it on the show. But they release these. These are always limited releases each year. They can be a little hard to find, so I'm doing a sort of a Chris so Hart style. I smoked the Toro yeah. of that about two nights ago. Did you? And then when I was in Casa earlier today, I bought the exact cigar that you're talking about. Okay. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see if once you smoke it, you get yeah. some of the same things that I did. So this is a limited cigar. I was lucky enough mm -hmm. to snag one at Casa. That's where I got mine. Uh, Casa de Monte Cristo. The Arturo Fuente Añejo Reserva, Añejo is Spanish for uh, aged, uh, shares this same quality filler tobaccos from the Opus X that are grown at the Chateau Fuente farm, but they use an extremely dark Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper mm -hmm. that's cured in cognac barrels for six to eight months. It's a Dominican cigar using... Uh, tobacco primarily from the Dominican Republic. Back in 1998, when the Arturo Fuente Opus X was just as big of a deal as it is now, yeah. um, Hurricane George ravaged the Dominican Republic, and it caused a shortage in the wrapper that was being grown oh, wow. for the Opus X. Uh, it was only being grown at one small Chateau de la Fuente farm, and with all this expertly fermented Dominican filler and binder still safe and raring to go, someone at Fuente had the uh, inspiration 
to substitute a different rapper, a dark and sticky sweet five-year-aged Connecticut broadleaf Maduro rapper, which had been further arrested and used cognac barrels, and that's how the extra viejo was born. Ah, so that's the story. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> classy-looking torpedo. Originates in a cedar sleeve with a red band around the foot. Um, the pre-light on this baby, once I uh, snipped the uh, top of it off with my cigar scissors, um, rich, earthy notes on the pre-light sniff, vanilla, and on the draw... Both of those things, but a hint of coffee bean mm. also on the draw. But I can't express vanilla enough. Big I don't know vanilla. that I've ever picked up big vanilla on a pre-light mm. uh, sniff before, but it was definitely here. Uh, so I used, as I said, my cigar scissors. I lit this baby up, and off I went on a journey of the senses. Uh, first third had big flavors from the get-go. No Nicaraguan pepper blast. Because it's Dominican tobacco. Right. Uh, and not that it couldn't, but you don't expect that as much right. from Dominican tobacco. But the flavors were really, really big. Oak, molasses, spice, and vanilla. And vanilla. Perfect draw, <clears throat> perfect burn. Uh, the second third, more oak. Uh, picked up a bit of tea leaf, some earth, and a kind of a fermented tobacco note. Very, very pleasant. Uh, touch of red pepper on the retrohale. Uh, by the time I got to the final third, this rich tobacco goodness just was almost overwhelming. It was so prevalent. Uh, leather, vanilla, a touch of sweetness on the palate, mm. which in my experience, most cigars, even really, really good ones, are a little bit harsher in the final third. This one became a little sweeter in the final third, mm. which is a very interesting uh, uh, change up for me. Um, construction was flawless, which is not a surprise for a Fuente. Um, this is not a cheap cigar, it, but I have to say it's one of the most enjoyable smokes that I've had in a very long time. 13 to $14 is the suggested retail price. Mm -hmm. Price to quality at 13 to $14, a six. Wow. Yeah. It was good. It was, it was really, it was one of those times where you're smoking that you're not just smoking a cigar you're just really getting it you're getting this whole experience cigar, yeah. yeah and so maybe it was the right uh, <laughs> moment the right time i don't know but for me uh i i just super super enjoyed it so one of the best cigars i've had this year nice so yeah very very cool so that's our opening salvo i want to go ahead and take a break and get back into the tasting because we have some really fun stuff to taste and some lists we want to get to of the top cigars of the year this is smoking and toasting and we will be right back Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I love those things. Yeah, that's, that's kind of why we're here. Uh, welcome back, my friends. We have a uh, our big end-of-the-year show. Happy holidays to all of you. And Ian's about to pour some holiday libations. Uh, this would be the Kalachi, right? It's the, uh, the Kalachi from American Solera, Solera Brewing. So. Um, these guys That's are out in of Tulsa, Tulsa yeah. Oklahoma, yes. Yeah, which, uh, by the way, speaking of Tulsa, 
I'm like my absolute joy right now on television is Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. It is awesome. Uh, you talked about that it's briefly. Awesome. Uh, yeah. La last week or week before last. Yep. Yep. It's it's so so good, and uh, <clears throat> Stallone is so good in it. And I have never been a big fan of Stallone. I mean, you know, everybody loved the Rocky movie, but notice how I said the Rocky movie singular. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, but you after know. the first one, it got awkward. Yes. <laughs> Rocky, it gets awkward. <laughs> uh, I saw an interview with Stallone recently because I've become interested in him since this show. I've been enjoying so much. And he was like, yeah, we've done a few too many of the Rambo <laughs> movies. I was like, you think? Uh, but in any case. Um, Did you see that? Uh, what was the name of it? He just put out uh, not too long ago where he's the quote-unquote superhero i'm not sure what that is i do know because uh, it mentioned it in this interview that he has had a uh, a number one movie in like four different decades which is pretty pretty strong That's stuff pretty crazy yeah, yeah pretty strong stuff but anyway tulsa king is great i would visit tulsa now that i uh I, i've never spent much time there uh i've Spent a little time in Oklahoma City, and that was enough for me. But uh, I would visit Tulsa now just to go to this brewery because uh, they make kolache. Uh, so. Ah, Samaritan is the one I'm talking about. Ah, Samaritan. About. I have heard about this. Yes, yes. Yes, that, uh, that's uh, not what you would expect. No, I, I will have to check it out. It's I'm gonna have. Per a, it's pretty good. I'm going to have a good like movie viewing day across the holidays yeah. where all I do is watch movies all day. I, I love to do that. Maybe like... You know, Christmas Day or New Year's <laughs> right. Day. Pick one day. It's just it's movie day. I'm going to watch movie one movie yeah, after yeah. another. So, all right. So let's try the kolache. Have you tried it yet? I did try it. Mm. It smells like a Czech-style Pilsner on the nose. It is Czech-style Pilsner. It's bitter mm -hmm. and crisp. Um, Kind of kolache-like. <laughs> no, but does this remind the, the, you of the a kolache? kolache? The kolache is the pastry with the, with the uh, fruit in it, basically. Mm -hmm. I don't get a lot of fruit in this, but it is a nice little. Uh, I like that it's, it's definitely it's, bready, kind of pretzely. <clears throat> yeah, and it's made. It it seems like it's made to be very sessionable, like mm -hmm. little snacky kind of beer. It's definitely got a little bitter on the finish. It says Czech style snack. Um, let's see here. They don't give you a whole lot yeah, of information on I, this. I didn't see can. much on that can either. Uh, it it does definitely get a little more bitter on the finish than most. Chexile Pilsners that I've had. Would you agree with that? I got to be honest. Um, the longer I let it linger on my palate, the less mm -hmm. I like it. I agree. I like it more mm. at first sip than I do as it stays. That something about yeah, that bitter, a, that bitter isn't setting that well. Not a me. very, at least not a very pleasant bitter. It's I, it's it, it takes crisp, a minute for it to, but it yeah. But it's also a weird pine coney kind of. Now see, I had bitter. what was it uh, the other night? I had an ESB. I'm trying to remember what brewery now it was from. It was on tap at the bar that my wife and I were at. And it was it was so good. It reminded me, why don't I drink ESBs more? This is good. You know. There's not a lot not a lot of uh breweries that make ESBs. You're right I'm, about I'm that. I'm so happy yeah. that uh that Eureka Heights here in Houston makes mm -hmm. one uh called Wicked Awesome, which is this wasn't yeah. Wicked Awesome. I've had that though. It is very right. good. It's it's yeah. quite good. There's uh very good. So there's only a few out that I even know of, but I do love that style. John, it. do you like this? It's kind of, sort of. Initial. Yeah. I don't like that. So part. we're all we're all saying initially, we <clears throat> like it more than than what. The, yeah, the aftertaste the is, is not very pleasant. Yeah. Okay. Well, that happens. Every so once drink in a while. it fast. Yeah. And then <laughs> eat a kolache immediately. <laughs> you know, it might be perfect with a kolache. Actually, there's there's you know? uh, there's legitimacy to that because sometimes like 
that bitter aftertaste can balance something sweet that you're eating. Maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah, perhaps so. All right, let's get into cigars here. The biggest list, and we have a number of lists we'll get to today, and some of them are very interesting. We have interesting. a whole list of lists? We have a list of lists, nice. yes. Uh, some, of, some of these lists are very interesting for different reasons, but we want to start with the big one. It's the one everybody kind of waits for, uh, and that is the Cigar Aficionado Top 25 Cigars of the Year. And our good friend Alan Denny um, was, he, he told us the story working for E.P. Carrillo when their cigar was the was number, number one, one yeah. that particular year and how it like changed everything, how suddenly they couldn't, you know, keep it in stock and everybody was, was excited clamoring about it, for clamoring it, yeah. for it. Yeah. And it was a big deal. So this can actually change the course of a cigar company's, um, uh, whole future just landing on the list, much less being number one. So it's something that's anticipated in the industry mm -hmm. quite a bit every year. I'm going to tell you this. I've never said this before. <clears throat> I always, uh, you know, I always figure the lists are like, this is just someone's opinion after all. Mm -hmm. It might be the opinion of a group of people and they might be really knowledgeable about cigars. But I've never looked at the list before and said, I have a problem with this. Really? And I do this year. Uh oh. So we'll get to it. I don't have a problem with all of it, but I have a problem with, with some of it. And I'll tell you why once we get there. At number 25 on the list this year is the Placencia Reserva Original Corona. This is the one with the gold and white band mm -hmm. on it. It's a very good cigar. I've had that before. I think you reviewed that, haven't you? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the Corona size, but you reviewed that on the air. I'm pretty uh, sure. The Placencia does like no wrong in yeah. my eyes. Now, recently, the people at La Gloria Cubana kind of uh, retooled their lines, the mm -hmm. uh, the original La Gloria Cubana that used to just be La Gloria Cubana, that became the La Gloria Cubana Classic. classic yeah. And then they uh, had, of they course, had the, the, the Serie R. R and yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, the La Gloria Cubana Classic <clears throat> lands at number 24 on the list, which I like that because it's not necessarily, although it was kind of reissued with this new packaging, it's it's not necessarily a brand new cigar. Right. This is something that's been out there and been consistent and been good for a very long time. And I think it's cool to see it get uh, get it's identified. Some recognition, yeah. Uh, number twenty four. At twenty three, I have not had this particular uh, cigar, but I want to. It's the Espinosa Knuckle Sandwich Habano. Oh, the I Corona Corona Gorda R. Yeah, it's got. Uh, it's got an interesting looking band. It's black and gold and red. And in the center is a skeleton head skull with a chef's cap on. I don't know what that is, but I like it. it this interests me just from a purely, uh, you know, interesting visual uh, thing. Uh, the Tatuaje Capa Especial Cojete is number 22. This is the uh, the Tatuaje made by my father. It's 50 ring gauge, 50 ring gauge mm -hmm. four inches long. So this is almost like a... Uh, a, a Almost like a nub, but not quite as right. fat, right? Uh, and they uh, did this as an experiment and released three short Robustos, gave them three different wrappers. Uh, Cigar Aficionado says all were memorable smokes, but the blend that really <coughs> took off for them was the Capa Especial, which is uses a Sumatra seed tobacco grown in Ecuador as the uh, wrapper. And they said it was the tastiest, tastiest tatuaje. Try saying that. Uh, yeah, that's that's not easy to say. Uh, it was the tastiest tatuaje they had this year. They said. Nice. So comes in at number 22. At number 21, Alegria Robusto. Now, I 
I don't even know the name of this cigar company. I'm going to see if it's in the notes here. Alegria? Uh, yeah, it's Aganor Salif. Okay. It's Aganor Salif. But the thing that I instantly recognize is that the band is like truly big letters, but it's got the, the sort of orange red band with the peace sign on it. Mm. So now you know the line of cigars I'm talking about, right? right? Yes. That, that had the peace sign. Made by Aganor Salif. Uh, it says in the uh, write-up that it has the most curious backstory on the list. It first came about in 2004 as a spinoff from the one-off brand. That was the brand right. that always had the, the peace sign, right? Uh, which at the time was owned by a retailer in Italy. It was dormant. It went through another owner. And then the one-off and Allegria trademarks ended up in the hands of Illusione cigars. Uh, Illusione, I think is the way I'm supposed mm -hmm. to say that. They're now produced in Nicaragua with Aganorsa tobacco. And unlike the original one, uh, which was a milder one-off cigar, uh, these are stronger but quite complex, they say, with a uh, very interesting, uh, very interesting medium-full assault on the palate. So I'm going to have to try one of those. I'm, I'm now very interested in trying one. That yeah, sounds good. Sounds like my kind of uh, cigar. So we'll do a couple more of these, and then we'll take a break. Um, <clears throat> number 20 on the list is the Casa Magna Colorado Robusto. Now, I'm excited about this because this is uh, a less expensive cigar. It comes in at about 8 to $9. And a lot of times when you get to these cigars on the on this list— they're the $12 plus uh, right. cigars. They're super and, and Often for good reason. This is a full uh, Nicaraguan Puro. Uh, it was named Cigar of the Year in 2008, and they say it remains a fantastic smoke uh, today. Back then, it retailed for $5.25. Wow. Now it's $8.90. But they say, considering inflation, uh, that actually remains a bit of a bargain. And I will, uh, I will. I will agree. Made agree. by Casada Cigars. Uh, they brought production of Casa Magna in-house, moving it from Nicaragua to the Dominican Republic. But the uh, tobaccos are still uh, Nicaraguan, still a Nicaraguan puro. So, um, all right, let's do, where are we up to now? 20? Uh, let's do number 19, because it's a cigar I smoked several of this year and really, really liked. The San Cristobal Classico. Now, there's yeah. a number of different iterations of San Cristobal, mm -hmm. and this has one of the most beautiful bands of they any have cigar one of the most ornate bands mm -hmm. it's really wonderful it's uh the parrot or macaw or a colorful bird of that stripe uh and a couple of gold doubloons and it's just really well done very classy mm. excuse me for a moment there so here's what they say about this one it's of uh, uh, course um this brand is owned by ashton Ashton, and San Cristobal was their entry into Nicaraguan tobacco. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, until then, most Ashton cigars were made in the Dominican Republic by the Fuente family. Um, <clears throat> but in uh, in 2007, when they debuted this line, Robert Levin, the owner of um, Ashton Distributors, uh, turned to a family to produce his first Nicaraguan brand, and I would say he didn't do too bad because he went to the Garcia family. Right, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's the my father, folks, and they know what's going on. So there are five different um, San Cristobal uh, blends in total. Um, Cigar Aficionado says they returned to the original brand this year, and it's every bit as rich and full-bodied as when it debuted, uh, teeming with earth, very dark chocolate, spice, and a bit of cinnamon. So that gets us up to number 
nineteen, and uh, we'll uh, we'll take a little more break to and, come and have more to come. We still have drinking news. We still have the top eighteen of this list, as well as uh, well, Ian and I made our own lists of right. cigars we enjoyed the most this year, and a few other interesting lists to come. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And uh, now we're getting to the beers that I think Ian's going to be excited about because this is like uh, upwards of 10%. It's an imperial cookie ale, if there is such a thing. And so while he pours, we tell you about the next cigar on the Cigar Aficionado list at number 18, a cigar that was resurrected in 2009, the brand resurrected in 2009, as a budget-friendly premium cigar, <clears throat> the Brick House Churchill comes Brick in House is great. at number 18. In uh, uh, in 1937 was when the brand debuted uh, by J.C. Newman when the company was operating out of Cleveland, Ohio. They're now in Tampa, and they keep the spirit of the brand alive with this reincarnation version, which debuted in 2009. It's a budget-friendly premium cigar. They, uh, they call this an overachiever in the under $10 category, mostly Nicaraguan tobacco and lots of apple, cedar, and baking spices on the uh, palate uh, for this one. So that one I, I do highly recommend. Brickhouse is, uh, Brick is absolutely awesome. <clears throat> At number 17 is a Cuban cigar. I'll come back to that later. Uh, it is the Cohiba 55 Anniversario Edition Limitada 2021. Uh, this was uh, the one that got uh, the world's attention, not just because it's a Cohiba and not just because it celebrates the brand's 55th anniversary. It turned heads because it was a $300 cigar, not a $300 <clears throat> box of cigars or a $300 five-pack of cigars. It was a $300, a $300 cigar. How are you going to get any price to quality? On a three hundred, I mean, it it needs to literally like pick you up and dance with you if it's going to be a three hundred dollar cigar to get even a five on the price to quality scale. Of course, cigar aficionado doesn't rate them that way. So, right, right. Uh, so yeah, binder and wrapper and filler are all from Cuba. It is a fifty seven ring gauge cigar. There's and, a, you know uh, when you when you talk about the rating system, there's a thing. If you're blind rating something and yeah. you're literally just going with the quality of what you're trying, mm -hmm. um. It's a lot easier when you throw a ton of money at stuff. They do say it's the tastiest Cohiba they smoked all year. You know, Cohibas, I think, in general are pretty good cigars, even the... As uh, long as you get real ones. If you're talking Cuban Cohibas, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And even the non-Cuban Even the non-Cuban ones are real good cigars, but, they're, man, they're overpriced. Yes, like, they are. They're well, really overpriced. Cigar Aficionado even admits in their write-up on this, uh, the cigar scored well and would have appeared higher on the list had it not been for its restrictive price and limited availability. Yeah. So that's why they kept it down at 17 on the list. But anyway, I thought that was uh, I thought that was quite interesting. So this is man it smells Put like that a sugar cookie, cookie down. Yeah. This tastes like liquefied cookie dough. All right, so tell me again what it has in it. <clears throat> Imperial sugar cookie ale. With lactose and vanilla. Mm. Basically tastes like a snickerdoodle. It really exploded does. Exploded in your beer. It really does. But almost more like 
like you said this, if you were eating the dough with a spoon, yep. than the actual baked cookie. It's like it's like if you uh, had a cookie dough ice cream that just melted into beer. This is a, it's an amazing flavor. I don't think I could drink a lot of it because of how sweet it is. But it, but it's this, good. I got, you know, I love sticky sweet beers. Yeah. This might be too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. This is so crazy over the top sweet. But I love that Martin House does that. Like they are fearless. They are fearless, aren't they? Uh, I love this this uh, this <laughs> saber tooth on the front of yeah, this. Yeah, what is that? A saber tooth dog? Looking chill and re- yeah. <laughs> relaxed. Like, hey, put that cookie down. Uh, it is, you know, it's sweet in the way that, and I haven't had one of these in years, because if you have one, you've reached your calorie consumption level for a year. <laughs> but it kind of reminds me of eating a Cinnabon. Yeah. It's so sweet. It's good, but it's so sweet. Yeah, You're this just like, is. It's like your body goes into sugar shock or something. You know, <laughs> uh, man, this is this is sweet on a level that like. But like I said, you know, I like sticky sweet beers, and this mm-hmm. is almost too sweet for me. This is crazy. And it's ten point ten point ten percent ten percent. Wow. Well, you gotta love uh, Martin House for being adventurous. You don't see a lot of breweries doing imperial cookie ale. And I love that they just like, hey, we're just going to add sugar to it. <laughs> you know, mm. This is not uh, probably on the South Beach diet. No. I, this is <clears throat> definitely not not keto friendly. <laughs> That's for sure. But it is pretty, I don't know. It's, I'm really glad I tried it. I don't think I'm going to go buy anymore, but I'm really glad I tried yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not going to downhole uh, cans of this. Yeah, but... but. Tasting it back and forth is really nice. This might go real good with something like a dessert, you know, that you're eating, but it's yeah. it's pretty sticky sweet on its own. It really is. But if you had a dessert, wouldn't it almost make it sweeter? Maybe if you had something with a bitter finish to it. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, if you were drinking this and had a dessert, you probably wouldn't even taste the dessert. Probably not. Well, I was thinking maybe something like like a pumpkin pie or something that has a a sort of a non-sweet taste to it, but has like spice yeah, taste yeah. to it. Maybe it would go with that. Kind of like when you put whipped cream on something. This would be your whipped cream. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. You know, buy one, but don't buy the four pack. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah. It's brutal. Brutal yeah. dude. But I'm I'm really glad we tried it though. I am too. I'm yeah, I'm I don't not like it. it, but man, is it something. It is big. Uh number sixteen on the um list from Cigar aficionado, also a Cuban cigar, the Romeo and Julieta Línea de Oro Nobles. Um, like the Cuban uh, <clears throat> Monte Cristo Línea 1935 or the Cohiba Bejique before that, this cigar is meant to be a super premium Grand Cru version of an already premium brand. In this case, the tobaccos uh, are stronger than those found in the core Romeo and Julieta line. Mm-hmm. And remember, this is all Cuban filler, binder, and wrapper. So these sizes are new, and they say it intensifies as you smoke it to a strong, oaky, and leathery finish. It's a 5 and 3 eighths by 56 cigar. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm gonna tell you now why I have a problem with this list. What's up? Uh, there's too many Cuban cigars on it. I don't think... I can't go and buy these. No. Unless I book a flight to Cuba. Okay, or unless I have somebody bring them back to me, or I find a shady website that will uh, that will sell them, and I'll wonder the whole time: Am I getting real ones or or, <laughs> or, or, or counterfeit ones? Right. But I have I have an issue with this. Like this is like 
It's like going on Chris Hart's show and you taste the greatest bourbon you've ever had, only to find out that, yeah, this is one of only three bottles that exist. And right, Chris yeah. got it somewhere and nobody can go and buy this. It's like, it's kind of like, what's the point? Like, I, I, I guess I don't have a problem with there being a Cuban cigar on this list. But the prominence of the Cuban cigars on this list bother me a little bit because it's not something that's going to be attainable. I can't, I don't have the money to go to Cuba this year. Yeah. You know? And uh, you if know, I did, I'd probably would go somewhere besides something Cuba. There's said about, you know, just having cigars that you can go into the shop and buy. Right. Right. I'm not, you know, you know I'm not rich enough to be a world traveler who can, you know, just pick these up wherever I but go. But this list, you know, I think uh, one thing in their defense, this is not just for the United States. And there are places outside the United States that That's can't true. But the United States is the vast majority of their subscribers. Yeah. So that's why I think it's a little overrepresented. And you'll see what I mean as the list goes on. At number 15, uh, the La Palina Goldie Laguito, number two. It is a... Uh, 38 <laughs> ring gauge, six inches long, and it's $23. What? Yeah. It's a uh, it's Holy a very cow. expensive very uh, skinny. Uh, type uh, cigar. Uh but this is uh this is something they say is really, really good. It's made in a small factory in Miami's little Havana section that they say is responsible for uh some fantastic cigars. The factory is called El Titan de Bronze. And the operation makes its own brands, but they say it shines the brightest when producing third-party cigars. And mm. that's what this is. They made this one for La Paulina. An elegant Panatella, they say, with the distinctive flagtail cap, limited production, and U.S. labor is one of the reasons why you're paying more for this cigar. But still, $23 for, that's uh, for a Lancero. I'm, I'm not... I'm, it's going to have to be awfully good. They say that it is, and it comes in at number 15 on this year's list. So, all right, let's do one more, and uh, then we'll take a break, come back and do a little uh, whiskey tasting. I like the whiskey. Okay. Uh, at number 14, uh, it was the new A.J. Fernandez cigar for this year, the New World Dorado. I yes. smoked one of these and reviewed it a couple of weeks ago on the show. Uh, it's an $11 cigar. And it's a five and a half by fifty-two. Uh, they gave it a ninety-three rating, and they um, they point out, as I think I did when I uh, talked about it, that it's almost an estate cigar. Almost all of the tobacco comes from the same farm, uh, but not quite, not a hundred percent, but just about. Uh, it's from a small plot of land called the Dorado Farm in Esteli, Nicaragua. Both the farm and the cigar are owned by AJ Fernandez, and it's an all Nicaraguan blend. And it the plantation's only five years old and this tobacco came from their very first harvest so this is a very very good cigar mm -hmm. little different from the other uh uh new worlds i think uh although it's a medium full it's not quite as powerful as just the standard uh, new world uh line by aj but it is very rich uh they mentioned caramel orange peel nuts and espresso i'll have to go back and take Still a look complex yeah i got but yeah very complex <clears throat> very enjoyable and it's in on our list at number 14 so uh we'll get to more of the top 13 as we go here it is a uh, uh it, there's a lot i agree with on this list but I'm having a problem with the Cuban stuff, and I'll, I'll get to more too of that. Too much of the Cuban I'll cigars. I'll get to more of that coming up. But not, it wouldn't be bad to have too much of the Cuban cigars if we could get them. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. We'll be right back. Smoking the Toast.
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're talking hand-rolled cigars from our uh, our big list from Cigar Aficionado for this year. And we're about to talk fine spirits here in a moment because Ian's pouring the little book. And I have reason to believe we will be happy with the little book. But let's see where we go. I'm just, I'm super glad that once again you made sure to clear the top of the bottle. Well, you know, uh, I'm a safety-oriented person. <clears throat> and the last bottle I brought in, I did not do that. And I was really concerned for you, uh, for your uh, you know, for the, your well-being and safety. This is so. Chapter 6 to the finish. A uh, mm-hmm. four-year straight malt whiskey finish with cherrywood staves. Four-year straight malt whiskey finish in applewood smoked barrels. Ugh. Four-year straight malt whiskey finished in uh, hickory smoke barrels. Four-year straight malt whiskey finished in maplewood staves. And five-year Kentucky straight bourbon. I can't, just, I'm waiting for you to nose this. Oh, man. And there's, can, uh, oh, um, the maple. Maple? I can pick up on the applewood, too. And the I get, get a little of the apple. There's some minerality. There's a little sweetness going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know and the um oh wow it just it keeps finishes going. as a cinnamon bomb. Cinnamon big time. Um an apple. Yes. Apple and cinnamon. Um kind of like the uh instant oatmeal apples and cinnamon. <laughs> Not no, yeah. I mean that in the best way. Um <clears throat> I'm I'm a little surprised at how much heat there is actually on this. Yeah, There's a lot on the finish. Quite a bit of heat on the finish on this. The like, whiskey you know hug, you're drinking whiskey, buddy. The whiskey hug comes back to you right away. Mm-hmm. It is it is not a delayed uh, whiskey hug. Yeah, there's no doubt you're uh, drinking a whiskey. Oh, you know what, though? The second drink is a chocolate bomb yes, with cinnamon. I was just about to say. Uh, uh, like like uh, you just you start sipping it and you start parsing out things on it. That makes it really interesting. You know, um, in between this segment and the next, I'm going to go grab. Oh, you know what? You've got a, a bottle of water there. I do. Would you put just a little uh, tiny bit in mine? I would really like to see how this opens up because it's definitely full and strong enough that it would withstand it is the dense. water. Yeah. And yep. in a nice way, the oak finish, the, like the, the tail end of this the oak finish is very, very strong with cinnamon. As okay. well. As the so, eighth generation beam distiller, Freddie No uh, pays homage to his granddaddy Booker by naming his first spirit Little Book. That's the name Booker gave him. And now it's uh, now this spirit, just the kind of whiskey Booker would have loved, is what Freddie's giving back. Mm, love it. <clears throat> so have you tried it with the drop of water? Not yet. I think you're going to like it oh, even more. Oh, it nose is different. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Big time. It's, uh, it's brighter on the nose than it was mm-hmm. a moment ago. And on the palate, it backs the strength off just enough for you to pick up more apple. Mm. The cinnamon is still there, but it's not quite as buzzy. Oh, now it becomes an oak bomb. Yes, very much an oak bomb. Mm. Wow. this is It's hard to go wrong with Little Book. This um, one is complex, though, isn't it? It is complex. It's also a very big flavor whiskey. What's the... Uh, Oh, 58.7%. Yeah, so it's like, that's, it's like that's 90 proof? Pretty high uh, overproof. No, that's a that's a 116 proof. Wow. Well, you can definitely tell, it's, proof. definitely tell it's strong. Yeah, it's big overproof. Uh, it's, yeah, this is, 
This is one of those bottles where when you taste the whiskey, you go, okay, that is really something a little special. Right. And it's really whiskey, too. It's not something where um, it's got all these flavors, but it doesn't taste like whiskey. That makes sense? Yeah, it has a nice kind of uh, underlying kind of leathery kind of taste to it. Mm -hmm. It has a... Um, it makes me want to say that in my library are many mahogany-bound books. <laughs> no, many leather-bound books, leather -bound. and it smells of rich it's mahogany. Fine, That's what it's supposed to be, yeah. Sorry, I, I butchered that. But that movie's so you, oddly you funny. Knew, you knew where I was going. I know exactly with yeah, where you're yeah. coming from with that. It kind of, it kind of seems like the, the whiskey you would drink while <clears> sitting in that room with many leather-bound books. You know, it's funny because I can't stop taking little tiny sips of it. See, I, I I'm doing the exact same thing. So many things. I'm not out taking of it. big sips. I'm taking little bitty sips. Yeah. And then, you know, just like trying to pick out what I'm getting. A little bit of orange zest. In I can there. go with that. What do they say on it? They say bright finish with a robust mouthfeel and welcoming sweetness. So they're not giving you a whole lot of details. Yeah, they really aren't. Oh, but, let's see here. Uh, color, deep amber with copper undertones, aroma, charred oak intermingled with complex mix of savory and sweetness, taste, rich toasted green notes with hints of sweet wood smoke. It's not hints of sweet wood smoke, by the way. It is. It is full on sweet wood smoke. <laughs> it is oaky. Oaky and applewood, too. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever, like, grilled with applewood yeah. chips or applewood chunks, um, it, it really reminds me of that. Mm. How great would this be with just like some grilled chicken? Oh yeah, you know. Or this is robust though. It could go with a steak. It could go with almost yes. anything. So, what would you pair this with cigar wise? If you were going to smoke a cigar while you sipped this, hmm. Especially with just a touch of water in it. Mm -hmm. um, this has got such a nice sweetness up front. I'd almost want a cigar that has a little more dryness to it. So something with a little drier finish a little oakier finish so um if i were to go to my list of favorites well i i don't know for some reason what's popping into my head here is liga privada uh, liga privada is a good choice uh the oliva mm -hmm. the uh 135 the 135 right yep. there on yep. my list oh man that would be good um, with this the uh Hemingway series, any of those mm. have such a nice big flavor up front mm -hmm. that I think would work right around this and not compete with it at all. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think you'd have a hard time going wrong with uh, almost any medium Monte Cristo. Right. Uh, or um, there's a few out. Um, you mentioned the Liga Provada, but what about the uh, the EPC that um, mm -hmm. the pledge? The pledge, yes, that's mm -hmm. the one I was thinking of. That would go fantastic. Yeah, with it this. sure would. That's a beautifully wonderful, wonderful cigar. In fact, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about Ooh. it in just a minute. Um, the, uh, the the Cedrus from uh, Southern Draw, I think, would also mm -hmm. be a nice pair because mm -hmm. the woodiness, I think, would really another pair AJ up. product. Very nice. Let's jump back into this list while we savor this uh, whiskey for a minute. List me up, man. Number 13. I reviewed this cigar just a couple of weeks ago and raved about it. The Hoya de Nicaragua An Antonio, Antonio yes. 1970 I'm Churchill. I'm sure one of those up today. In at number 13. 
Um, it's easy to forget the classics, they say, and yeah. they uh, they call back to this one. It's uh, a classic cigar in every sense. It comes from the oldest producer of handmade cigars in Nicaragua. It's in a more traditional size. And while the blend is what brand owner Alejandro Martinez Coencia regards as a quintessential Nicaraguan cigar, and by that he means that the tobacco represents the country's most important growing regions in a cohesive way, giving us a sense of place and origin. Uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and this cigar comes in at a little under ten bucks. Yeah, so that's a uh, that's a big deal uh, considering. Some of the competition, including the three hundred dollar uh, uh, Cuban Cohiba. Yeah, that but that, that price tag mm-hmm. alone put has to put it lower on the list. I mean, well, that's what they said is that it would have been higher had it not been for the uh, uh, for the you know huge price tag. At number twelve on the list, uh, rated a ninety three when they rated it in Cigar Aficionado, the La Flor Dominicana Oro Chisel. So this is uh, this is the one that comes with a gold in a gold tubo, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a subtle nod to brand owner Lito Gomez's days as a jeweler before entering the cigar business. Now, of course, his precious material is uh, tobacco. Tobacco, yeah. yeah, most of which he grows himself on the La Canela farm in the Dominican Republic. Uh, so it's composed mainly of his leaves, save for the Nicaraguan wrapper, which is uh, similar to what's found in his Coronado line. Uh, the wedge-shaped head on this, because mm-hmm. the chis- chisel is like a, a torpedo, but it comes out into a flat wedge-shaped right. head. And uh, it concentrates the smoke, making it even stronger, mm-hmm. as if this cigar needed to be uh, even stronger. What's interesting, though, is it's all Dominican tobacco except for the wrapper, which is Nicaraguan. Mm-hmm. Like, you would think that it would be a little milder, but it is not. And it's... Uh, uh, a 15- yeah, because Dominican cigars aren't known for being like super powerhouses. Right. They're usually in the Generally, medium. Generally, they're medium, uh, right. even mild mm-hmm. uh, uh, cigars with Dominican tobacco. But in this case, uh, this 15 to $16 cigar is a monster, not recommended for novice uh, right. cigar smokers <laughs> at all. At number 11, <clears throat> the E.P. Carrillo Pledge Apogee. This is the uh, six and a quarter by 58 ring gauge. Uh, it is a $15 cigar, and they won uh, Cigar of the Year with the Pre- Pledge prequel yeah. in 2020. Uh, and that was E.P. Carrillo's second number one cigar in two years. So where to go from there? The obvious answer to uh, Ernesto uh, P. Carrillo was bigger. He took the blend and beefed it up to a 58 ring gauge, and uh, this comes in at number 11 on this year's list. You know, I'll, I'll uh, try that one at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stopped short of making a 60 ring gauge cigar. Ernesto feels, according to this, that after 58, the blend of the cigar is compromised. It's interesting because I've never heard anyone say it quite that I think way. That, I think that that would be very blend dependent, too. Probably. Probably, but that is a great cigar. We've had it this year. It comes in at number eleven. I mean, let's, I mean you got to be honest. The, the the ratio matters. Okay, so let, let, let's take for instance your snack food, an Oreo double stuff. Right, that, that's pretty good. Yep. Um, a what you call it bar, is pretty good in a regular size, but the king size has a better ratio. I think we both know that. Okay, so yeah, but a payday is the opposite. Right. Like you have to have the smaller payday because that's the right ratio. Exactly. Oh, I'm so with you here. And I'll say, I'll, I'll give you another example. Reese's peanut butter cups are fine. But in the holiday season, when they make the Christmas trees, 
oh, yeah. or the Easter eggs, yeah. those rock. Those the bomb, and yeah. it's because of the difference in the ratio yeah. between the peanut butter and the chocolate. In the cup, it's almost exactly the same. Yeah. And in those, you get more peanut butter. And I would think I would like the chocolate more than I would like the peanut butter. But it turns out that that ratio is it's just, what's perfect. Yeah, it's what it is. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. So I can, you know, I try not to eat a lot of candy. I can pass on a Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm-hmm. But man, you offer me one of those Christmas trees. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, at number 10 on our list from Cigar Aficionado. Um, and I have not had an opportunity to have one of these, but I would love to, despite the fact that they are 17 to $18 cigars. Uh-huh. The Arturo Fuente Rare Pink, vintage 1960s series. This one's called the Sophisticated Hooker. Now, we talked about this cigar a couple yeah, times. Yeah, we did, right. because it was it was something that's been in the works for a long time, was finally released, and extremely <clears throat> limited. Yeah. Uh, they write in their article on Cigar Aficionado that if you're m- familiar with Carlos Fuente Jr.'s sense of humor, it won't surprise you that there's a double entendre here. Right. Sophisticated hooker refers to the name of a fishing boat, with hooker being a term for a fisherman. And the Arturo Fuente owner and blender remembers this from his younger days. It's the largest size in the rare pink line. Uh, and the blend is totally different from the Hemingway's. Uh, it's also a cigar with a social cause. Because a portion of the proceeds from the sale of every box goes to fund breast cancer research. Oh, nice. Uh, hence the bright pink boxes. Pink being the official right. color of breast cancer awareness. So uh, so they say that it is uh, uh, cedary and herbal, but takes on a nutty graham cracker sweetness showing big notes of red meat, black pepper, and caramel before the sweet and nutty finish. That sounds like my kind of cigar. <laughs> I mean, that sounds good to me, yes. Ecuadorian wrapper, Dominican, and Nicaraguan filler and binder. So You know, I have no problems with that's a cigar 10. that spans three countries. I really want to try this <clears> cigar. I, I have to, especially... After today, talking about the uh, uh, the viejo, the yeah, uh, yeah. the extra viejo, which was so good, and it just reminded me, I don't smoke enough Fuente cigars because they're so good. Yeah, so we fall under that category of sometimes it's too ubiquitous, like right? It's, it's always what you're familiar there, with, so we yeah, kind of right. Over familiarize, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it's definitely definitely worthwhile. We're inside the top ten now to number nine, uh, and I'm proud to say. It is an eight to nine dollar cigar. I'm even prouder to say that it is made at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez cigars in uh, Nicaragua. Uh, it is the Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real uh, Nicaragua Churchill. This is the one with the blue band. So it's the yeah. Romeo and Julieta with the blue this band. Is, this and this is a baby cigar, is good. This is a cigar that I always, um, the Reserva Real is always. Uh, what I recommend to people if they're not sure what they like, mm-hmm. if they don't know if they like mild, medium, or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, this This is just such a fantastic cigar. This was a <clears throat> fairly mild Dominican cigar. Mm-hmm. And in Altadas USA's retooling of their entire cigar line and trying to modernize the blends, uh, this one became a medium to full, and it is uh, uh, made by A.J. Fernandez. And Romeo and Julieta is... Altadas USA's best-selling premium cigar brand. So Romeo's are that something about that brand. They've still got the cachet that they've had for a long time. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the biggest names. If you ask people about cigars that don't know much about it, they're going to name Romeo and Julieta, maybe Fuente, and I have to say maybe Padron. 
you know, I'm an admitted fanboy of AJ, mm -hmm. but this is another example where he took a blend that was pretty good and made it outstanding. Yeah. You know, and that's, to me, that's why he is like one of the hottest guys in the uh, cigar biz today. I, I think what he has done, his own cigars are great and often more affordable than the ones he does for other brands. Yeah, but that Hoyo Black. Hoyo Black. I dude. mean, come on. That's and, and unbelievable. And I get the Hoyo Silvers a lot mm -hmm. because they're an extremely inexpensive AJ cigar. Uh, you can, depending on you know sales and prices and whatever, you can usually pick them up for five to six dollars. Yeah, Are you kidding that's, me? Uh, that's crazy. It's crazy good. Yeah. Is what it is. Uh, coming in, the number eight cigar of 2022, uh, the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series Principe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we both know this is a great cigar. And I have to say, though, my one critique of Padron, and maybe this is because their super premium cigars are so good. But they've made me completely uninterested in their regular line. Oh, 100%. You know, I, and I used to really like their regular <clears throat> line. And I don't know whether they spoiled me, you know, and so, changed my tastes or whether they're just not as well, good as they used to be. Quite a few years back, I was going around trying to find, and this was back when you could find under $5 cigars. Mm -hmm. So it's quite like 10 years back or more. I was kind of on my, let's find uh, an under five dollar cigar that's really good and i picked up a bunch of the padrones yeah and i just wasn't impressed with them yeah i'll take a nico libre bad, i'll take but a, yes absolutely i'll take uh even to be honest with you even the factory smokes i yes, enjoy I, more than I those. Agree. what is it, the three thousand series is that what they call yeah, it yeah yeah whatever yeah. it is the, the, right the padron three thousand yeah, series yeah the, I, they're not that interesting to me but as far as their ultra premiums they're unbelievable guys hit them out of the park in fact not only is Padron a four-time winner of Cigar of the Year on the, the number one spot on the list from Cigar Aficionado, but they've been, been in the top ten every year since the list has existed. Holy cow. Think about that. That's crazy. That's huge. Yeah. And they come in this year as well at uh, at number eight. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting. And I didn't really realize this until I read this in the article. Uh, contrary to typical industry practice, Padron does not put their cigars in an aging room after they roll them. According to the company, the tobacco has already been adequately aged and it's ready to smoke as soon as the cigar is constructed. Huh. So if you remember when we were uh, down at, uh, in, at Aladino, in Ecuador yeah. at Aladino, you know, they showed the, the curing rooms, the aging rooms and the rolling rooms. And then the cigars went to continue to be aged as mm -hmm. fully uh Rolled cigars, but that's interesting. Well, I think a lot of cigars need to mature a little bit. Um, and, and it's I interesting would... that Padron uh, does it like that. Well, it, it's interesting, and it's 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 probably more interesting because I would think that tobacco would need to marry. Like, there's something about it aging with the other there, tobaccos in the like, blend. Something like day old lasagna that just makes it a little oh, better. Dude, you know what I mean, dude? Yes, day old lasagna is <clears> wonderful, <throat> and sometimes day old pizza. If you crisp it up in the broiler, uh, yeah. Yep. Oh man, there's something there's something righteously good about that. Uh, at number seven on the list, I agree with this one. I've had a couple of these this year, and they have been outstanding. The My Father Le Bijou, 1922. Oh, yeah. That's um, a big cigar, though. It like, really flavor wise. Is. Yeah, it's a 50 ring gauge, seven inch cigar, and it is definitely a medium to full yeah. in terms of its uh, strength and uh, flavor. So this is. 
uh, twelve to thirteen dollar cigar, and in my opinion, worth uh, every. And that's one of the pricier of my pin. father's. Yes, it is. In fact, um, you can you can even pick up my father's for seven to eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one is a little pricier, and I would tell you that it is absolutely a hundred percent worth it. At number six, I was kind of thrilled to see this. I was thrilled for Alec Bradley because their black market Churchill. <laughs> Bless you. Came in at number six. I like the black market stuff. <clears throat> I do too. I think it's very good. Um, there is um, uh, this is a Honduran cigar yeah. and made by the Placencias. And the only part of it that's not Honduran is uh, well, the uh, wrapper is from Nicaragua, the binder is Ecuadorian, and the uh, filler is from Honduras and from Panama. But it is made in Honduras, and it's a really good cigar. I, I just mm. think it's very tasty. You know. Mm. There is a, you know, I I really recognized this for the first time when we were down at the Aladino uh, family farms and 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 we were having such a good time smoking their cigars. Yeah. But there is a distinct uh, flavor that Ecuadorian, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that uh, Honduran, Honduran tobacco has that is distinctly different from. Nicaraguan tobacco and Dominican and, tobacco. Yeah. And uh, it's one that I really like. I really like it as a change-up to Nicaraguan. Sometimes if you're just looking for a little different flavor profile, uh, I really, really like it. This comes in at number six, uh, a 10 to $11 cigar. And I've had this one before and agree with its placement on the list. <clears throat> at number five, I would have done this differently, but I can't argue with what they have. Number five is the Oliva Siri V. Churchill Extra. Um, I would have gone with the 135. Yeah. Uh, just because it was so this year. Yep. It was so fantastic. And I realized that it's the same blend as this. But there was something about that something shape. Something about that shape. Oh, really man. It just it really made it special. Absolutely. But, you know, that whole Siri V line, it's hard to go mm-hmm. wrong with it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I have. A, you know, every time I buy a Siri V, I buy different shapes just for fun because Absolutely. I haven't found one that I don't like. This is a thirteen, a 12 to $13 cigar, and yet Cigar Aficionado points out that it punches above its price range, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's pretty impressive, uh, kind of like what we were talking about uh, today. Uh, it's a great smoke, they say, but more than that, it's emblematic of how one great cigar family is able to carry on the High standards of another, so that's uh, really cool. You'll want to uh, um, you'll want to read more about the heritage yeah. of Oliva cigars and where they come from. But at number five, the Siri V, <clears throat> yeah, hard to beat. Hoya de Monterey Elegantes come in at number four, and this is another Cuban cigar on the list. I am glad to see that. They've updated the bands on some of these Cuban cigars. Cuban cigars, except for the Cohibas, they always seem to have really boring bands to me. You know? <laughs> uh, but they've updated this one. It's kind of interesting looking. Uh, this one is one they say that flies under the radar. It might be one of the smokes you miss when you're perusing cigar shops around the world. Because, as you know, you and I spend so much time perusing cigar shops yes, around, around the, the world. world yes. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, they say this is very, very good. It is a round torpedo, and it's a little fatter in the middle, and then it slims down a little towards the uh, foot. Um, priced at about 25 pounds, uh, a medium strength, and it comes in at number four, another Cuban cigar on the list. Number three, and I'm going to get to the top of this list before we take a break. All right. 
Number three is a $22.60 cigar. Placencia? Davidoff Nicaragua uh, Diadama. Yep. Uh, it is uh, uh, a full Nicaraguan. It's medium to full. And it is uh, something that's completely different from most Davidoffs mm-hmm. that you'll ever smoke. Because most Davidoffs are much milder. Much more milder. Yeah. And, and they're good. But they're overpriced and they're much milder. This one is probably also overpriced at $23. I think it would be really difficult to give this more than a five. Maybe you'd give it less than a five, even if it's just absolutely wonderful. Right. But it's made in the Dominican Republic, but using all Nicaraguan tobacco. And they use some of that Ometepe uh Right, so I, I'm pretty sure that I reviewed that cigar earlier this year, didn't I? You you must be richer than I am because <laughs> I haven't been able to buy you. Because there were a surprising. couple Davidoffs that I reviewed this year. One of them was mm-hmm. the Lenox, mm-hmm. or Le Noir. I can't remember what this it was is, called. This but... is the Nicaragua Diadema. Or Diadema. Okay, maybe maybe I didn't do that one. I don't but, I don't um, think you did this one. I'd have to I'd have to try that and then try it against the Placencia Almaforte because right. same price. Yeah. I mean, I just gotta, I just gotta wonder. You try know? it, try it against a nineteen twenty six Padron, you know? Because I'll tell you, man, like that, that Placencia, those Padrones, they are worth every penny. I, they're, yeah, they're absolutely. special occasion cigars. You're not gonna smoke them daily unless you got a lot more money than I mm-hmm. got. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think both of us have reviewed the one that comes in at number two, the Rocky Patel sixty sixty. Yes, this is a fabulous yes. cigar. When I say fabulous, I don't mean like. It's just you mean good. fabulous, I mean, like like with one hand out like this. That's fabulous. exactly right. Yes. Fabulous. No, I know what you're saying. Uh, no, it really is. It's a Nicaraguan binder and filler. And the wrapper is a San Andres, uh, Mexico. And, uh, of course, Rocky is always celebrating birthdays or anniversaries. So when he turned 60, nobody was surprised that he thought a new cigar was in order. And that 60 is pretty. <clears throat> yeah, it really does. It doesn't just represent his six decades on Earth, they say, but it also demonstrates how he's developed as a cigar maker and how his understanding of raw materials continues to evolve. It's a good cigar. It's an $18 cigar, and it's worth it. Hey, Rocky Patel was a staple mm-hmm. uh, for me getting into cigars. Like, his cigars. 100%. So good. And number one. The cigar of the year, and Hold I got on. a I got Drum a roll. problem with this. The a, the Cuban H Upman number two. So, the the craziness that surrounds <clears throat> cigar of the year, what surrounded the EP Carrillo pledge when uh, it was the cigar of the year, uh, the craziness that surrounded Padron when they were cigar of the year. The craziness that I feel like should be surrounding the Rocky Patel sixty sixty, it it doesn't exist for most people in America, which is where their largest audience is, because we can't go to our local tobacconist and buy the cigar and try it. It's thirty two point two pounds in price. It's the H. Upman number two, and they say it's one of the best-kept secrets in the cigar world. Now, I will admit, if I find myself in a Canadian you know, tobacco shop or in Mexico someplace I might be able to go that has one of these, I probably will buy one and try it because this is quite a recommendation. But I'm, I'm just – I'm frustrated with how many Cuban cigars are on this list. Yeah. I, I want to try the that. whole list, and I can't try four or five of them. Easily, at least, because it's it's going to be hard enough to find the cigars no, on this list. Some shady deals that might get you, you know. Yeah. Well, and and again, I 
I'm not too worried about getting in trouble. I am a little worried about getting a counterfeit H. Upman number two. Uh, if, if you're not familiar, it looks just like the Monte Cristo number two, except that it is uh, uh, an H. Upman. But it's that uh, it's Tor- that torpedo. gentle torpedo, yeah. cigar aficionado, cigar of the year. I thought it was absolutely anticlimactic. I was more excited about Rocky Patel at number two. But, that, you know, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Do you think I'm being unreasonable? Well, you know, so I I understand what you're saying about the whole uh, Cuban thing, um, because it is harder to get Cuban cigars. And uh, and I'm, you know, even with beers, with whiskeys, you know, the allocated stuff, all that. I'm just not the guy who's going to who's going to sit and wait in line or scavenge places. I'm just not. I, I got I got other things to do with my time. Yep, I totally understand this. And uh, and it's the same way with cigars, man. I love I love those cigars, and I do love dearly love when I have friends that are that far into it that they will go out of their way and find those things. Yeah, and then share them with me. That's amazing. Which is even, However, even more yeah. wonderful. Yes, but I just uh, I, I don't have that in me to do that kind of. I agree, thing. and so yeah. I get it. Yeah, I, like it's frustrating because you can't try number one. Right. Every year, I've been what able to do? go out and somewhere find yep. the number one cigar and go. Okay, let's see what made it number one. Right? That's half the fun of this, you know? Anyway, all right. So we'll take a break. Ian and I have made our own personal list. We'll share those with you coming up. And we'll share one thing that might be more important than the list, and that's drinking news. It's coming up next. On the list of drinking news. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. We are man, that little book is good. I just took another sip of that right at the beginning of the yeah, segment. So wow, good. that's uh, that's absolutely tremendous. And also, you came in flexing your big beer muscles today. I sure did. I sure did. Oh, <laughs> for some reason, I had my phone because I usually grab my phone to do the, um, you know, to do the uh, what do you call it the. Uh, the, to play the little drinking uh, news song, the, the little piece for the drinking news song, and somehow I have touched the like dictate <clears throat> button, so it's dictating my wife the entire show. Oh, nice! <laughs> That'd be a hell of a text. So, all right, let's get rid of that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. It's the holidays. It's our final episode of the show this year. It's the three hundred and eighth episode. Of smoking and toasting, and next year is going to be a big one for this show. We are in the process of finally landing um, uh, a syndication deal, so that is uh, going to be very exciting. We'll be showing up on some radio stations around the country as a weekend show. That sounds awesome. and we'll have to stop dropping dropping the f bomb. We can't even have Chris Hart on anymore uh, because we'll have to be you know lingo friendly for the radio. <laughs> so maybe we'll we have will to do- just every time he speaks, it's just going to go. Boo! <laughs> It'll be like listening to a rap song. That's right. <laughs> There's some rap songs that I hear uh, on uh, broadcast radio. I have no idea what they're talking about. I can't figure it out. I can't piece enough of the lyrics together to figure out what it's about. But anyway, it's Christmas. It's the holidays. Time for a Christmas edition, my friends, of Drinking News. Oh, sorry. I was kind of digging that. That was, uh, that, was, that was pretty awesome, actually. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. 
When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Ah, Christmas. It's that wonderful, magical time of the year when people... the most wonderful time of the year. That's what I've heard, yes. It's the time when people laugh a little bit louder, live a little bit brighter, and love a little bit stronger. It's the time... At the risk of sounding like a Bonnie Raitt song, okay. (laughs) It's the time when a young Macaulay Culkin gets all accidentally (laughs) left at home by himself, only to torture a pair of dim-witted burglars... And ultimately learned that his family really wasn't so bad after all. It's a time when Bill Murray is visited by three spirits overnight and then breaks into the broadcast of his own television network to share his new, reborn, positive outlook on life. It's a time when little Ralphie wishes for, and gets, a Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model air rifle, which he will eventually go on as an adult to use to rob a rundown liquor store for $78 and a pack of Marlboros. That's in the upcoming sequel. But that's not important right now. I feel like you just gave it away. The point is, it's time for happiness and joy and cheer. It's the holidays. But it's also the time when, <clears throat> predictably, Florida man just can't get out of his own way. And it's a time when a man from Arizona, which these days seems somewhat determined to give Florida a run for their Wait money. Wait a second. I got a brother in Arizona. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope he's not this Arizona man because uh, this Arizona man missed the spirit of the holiday season entirely as he tried to skirt the law. These are the stories of today's special Christmas edition of Drinking News. An Arizona man thought that he could pull one over on authorities while out driving to do some Christmas shopping last week. Depending on where you are, the Arizona highways can get very busy and traffic very bad during the holiday rush. So the unidentified man opted to use the HOV lane. And for those of you who don't know, that's high occupancy vehicle. These are the lanes that are only allowed to be used by people who have at least two individuals in the car and allow you to bypass the slower moving traffic. So our Arizona man found himself in a quandary. He was actually driving alone, but he needed to be able to get past the camera checkpoints by making it appear that there were two people in the vehicle. An Arizona Highway Patrolman saw him drive past on the HOV lane and was able to realize that while the man's solution to his holiday problem was unique, it wasn't exactly legal. The perp was behind the wheel, and in the passenger seat next to him was what the cop referred to as a suspicious-looking passenger. It was just enough to fool the cameras, perhaps, but not enough to get past the wily highway patrolman. Did he have a dummy in the... The DPS officer pulled him over and was able to confirm that in the passenger seat behind him, the man had placed a human-sized, completely green, inflatable Grinch. Nice. I have to show you this photo. No one will ever notice. Adam will put this up, obviously, on the show, but I'm going to show it to Ian right now. And I don't know why it uh, has done this, but there we go. There is the photo of the man with the inflatable Grinch. Uh, no, that looks legit. Like That's that could, classic. That could be his friend. That's classic. Yeah. Absolutely classic. Um, <clears throat> while we appreciate the festive flair, uh, the department reported, this is illegal and the driver received a citation for the HOV violation. It was not immediately clear whether the Grinch was the garden variety lawn type inflatable 
or one that had been designed with, uh, let's just say, more intimate uses in mind. <laughs> oh, uh, the driver, man. the driver so far has made they no comment. Do actually make a Grinch? You, are you uh, asking me? I don't oh, know. On. I don't know if they make an infl inflatable sex Grinch. But that would be something to see, wouldn't it? I'm just saying. Uh, meanwhile, further east, a Florida man is facing change. Uh, I'm sorry. Further east, a Florida man. The best. Is making uh, is facing charges stemming from a holiday spat with his wife in Lake County. 52-year-old Richard Atchison, you can see his picture here, was arrested by police after the couple's holiday evening took a dark turn. They spent some time preparing for Christmas, trimming their tree in a festive array of lights and ornaments. And then um, his wife upset him by asking for his help in making dinner. What happened next is not completely clear, but according to the report, an argument ensued, and during this, the wife placed a spoon in the sink, which apparently accidentally splashed some water on Atchison. The report says the man became enraged because water, uh, and he uh, began packing his things and carried them outside to his vehicle. He then returned home because, and I'm quoting the report here, and I'm sure you're surprised, he had been drinking. Oh. Well. Because, of course, he had. And he told his wife that she had to leave instead. Oh. I packed all my he stuff. Gave, gave him time yeah, to think yeah, about now it. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, now you have to leave. But then when she tried to leave, deputy said that Atchison shoved her. And then he went across the room to the Christmas tree they had so lovingly decorated together, picked it up, and threw it at her, striking her and knocking her down. Authorities said he then blocked the front door to prevent her from leaving. This is This man is sending me mixed messages. Police arrived to arrest Atchison and took him away. Apparently, he has been charged with assault with a decorative holiday tree <laughs> only in Florida. So this Christmas and Hanukkah season, those of us here at Drinking News implore you to take a moment and consider the spirit of the holidays. This is a time where decorated trees should be used to inspire peace and joy, not used as a javelin or like one of those spears that the Navi use in Avatar. It's a time when you... You know, whatever you do with your inflatable Grinch or Frosty or Santa and the privacy of your own bedroom is your business. But it's not okay to pretend that they're an extra passenger in your car just to get away with driving in the HOV. It's a time instead when we should share joy and inspiration. It's like this from my favorite line in the greatest holiday movie ever made that I will share with you in the spirit of the season. Here at Drinking News, we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby danced with Danny fucking Kay. <laughs> Great line. Live from just outside Santa's workshop, where I think my testicles are now completely frozen. My name is Cruz, and that is your holiday. Drinking, drinking news. news, drinking news, drinking all the... Oh, sorry. I liked that, actually. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. And happy <laughs> holidays. So, yeah. So it was tough finding holiday drinking news stories. There's a lot of holiday stories <clears throat> of people drinking and doing stupid things. I like but... the creativity you bring into it, though. You bring in, you know, you're like, you know what? We're going to pull in some stories from here, some stories from there. This is all ridiculous people. Mm -hmm. People do, and, hey, people anytime, do weird things. Anytime you get to quote National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it's a, it's a good show, right? It's a good show. Uh, all right, let's do a little listing here. We are up now 
well, we've gone through the cigar aficionado list. So I think the only thing left to do besides taste this beer uh, is, uh, Too is late. to talk to uh, to talk about our list. So you've already done some uh, research during the news? I just refilled mine. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so this must mean that this one's meaning with your approval. This one is fantastic. So um, this is from Ingenious. They're, oh, so I will just so say this. Today's been a weird day. Our first beer started off okay and then had just... Kind of bad, bitter end. Mm -hmm. The second beer was just a little too sticky. I mean, I love what they're doing, but a little too sticky. It's a little right, too much right. of it. This, buddy. <laughs> Imperial. It's just got this, um, what looks like a Reese's peanut butter cup with a crown. With a, with a cloak and a, and a crown on it. And right? a purple king's robe. Uh, peanut butter mm. cup, imperial milk stout, and boy, is it good. Ale Man, with chocolate, cacao, and peanut butter. That's one of the best chocolate stouts mm. I've ever had. If it There's more to being stout. a king than getting your way all the time, but this time it's okay to enjoy all the peanut butter, chocolate, and cacao nibs you can handle with this rich imperial milk stout coming in at 10.1%. Uh, We've had uh, peanut butter and chocolate stouts before on this yeah. show. This is better. This is real good. This, this is, is fantastic. Yeah. I'm just loving this. Let's go straight to the top of the list right here. Like, it's mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. It's hard to go wrong with that. Mm -mm -mm. And if you want a little kick of cinnamon in it, take a sip of your little book. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, yeah. they go pretty well together. <laughs> mm. Oh, they go real. Now I'm getting, like, all kinds of chocolate in the little yeah. book. Yeah. Wow. And then back to the Imperial. So, Ingenious, I got to say this about them. I think of them... As a more EP, uh, IPA centric uh, company, they do so well, many do IPAs. Those, they do those milkshake IPAs mm -hmm. or those uh, like fruit shake IPAs and stuff like that that are no. so interesting. They really are, and they're just they're but they do their everyday IPAs. Like if it's good. over the top and ridiculous, right? Like the guys that are leading that right now, Ingenious, Martin House, and mm -hmm. uh, what's the other one that just opened up here in Houston, and they have one in Austin is uh um uh. I'm blanking on it right now, but there's. You're not talking about Nola. No, 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 no. Um, I'll think of it in a minute. But uh, there's there's a few that I just love how fearless they are. They just try anything. They just go for it. Yeah. Well, this yeah, is good. This really is good, yeah. this took some some doing, I yes. think, to get it right. But they really, really got it right. That's definitely <clears throat> my favorite beer of today. You know what I like? I like cigars. Yeah. What cigar would you like to smoke with this? Oh, with this. So chocolatey. You know that uh, that diesel that I gave you mm -hmm. uh, last week would go with this. Yeah. That, uh, that rabbit hole whiskey one. The um, <clears throat> the uh, I'd be interested to see how something that a cigar that's really chocolate bomb would go with this, like uh, yeah, uh, yeah like a Bella Artez yeah. uh, Maduro, for example. That see, that would be a good one. I think be interesting to, to pair. I don't know, it'd be very interesting. Any brick house or anything like uh, oh, that yeah. that's got some good body to it, mm -hmm. got a little well bite. I like it. Well, uh, Ian and I both put down uh, our thoughts and lists since we're doing year end stuff of our favorite cigars uh, or or our favorite cigars that we smoked this year. They don't have to be released this year. They don't have to be the best cigars in the world. They just have to be things that were notable to us this year. And I'm interested to see what you thought. So uh, in no particular order, I just did cigars that I really enjoyed this year. Um, and some of it came from my cigar reviews and some of it just came from my memory. Uh, and I haven't reviewed yet or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, in no particular order, the um, Oliva 135th anniversary. I mean, 
outstanding, mm-hmm. fantastic. Why is that thing so good? <laughs> the uh, oh, let's go with the same number, Monte Cristo, hundred and thirty fifth anniversary. Mm, nice, nice. So so good. Uh, the Partagas and Yeho Esplendido. Mm. Man. I remember you loving that one. That's a great cigar right mm-hmm. off the bat. Sancho Panza Double Maduro. Mm, nice. Hard to beat that. Padrone 45th anniversary is going to be on the top of any of my lists. And I had one this year. Sweet. I have one in my humidor, too, that I'll probably have on New Year's. Oh, nice. <clears throat> um, cap off the old year and start the So, day. oddly enough, you talked about it earlier, but that Arturo Fuente Reserva Viejo mm-hmm. is one of the better ones I've had this year. Um, uh, Punch Magnum. Mm-hmm. The Cuban Punch Magnum mm. is one of the best cigars I've had this year. Nice. So here I am on the Cuban thing. It's okay to have one in there. I just, I don't know, to make it your um, number one and, and to have, you know, uh, what, a fifth of the list be Cuban cigars? <laughs> I think that's right. a bit much, you know? The Arturo Fuente Hemingway Short Story Maduro. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to say. I had one of those lot, this year, and that was one of my favorites. So I think that's seven cigars that yeah, I put up yeah. on the list. And I, Not bad. You know, you said come up with a list. So just between then and now, I just kind of was like, hey, this one, this one, this one. What'd you come up with? Uh, I came up with the Monte Cristo Nicaragua series. It is uh, it one. is an AJ blend, uh, but that's just a really sweetly awesome cigar. By the way, just, do you think it's fair to have over your half over half your list to be AJ? Uh, believe it or not, and I haven't heard your list yet. But believe it or not, only two of my list are AJ. That one, and I'll just go ahead and tell you uh, the that I listed also my go to smoke, which is probably the thing that I've. Smoked the most often this year is the AJ Fernandez San Latano Maduro. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, cigar. I just love that cigar, and it's it's uh, you know it's less than ten dollars. It's not overly expensive, and it's just so good. So yeah, so that one and the um, Monte Cristo Nicaragua series were both AJs, and I dug them both. Um, I have on my list the Punch Diablo Gusto. You may remember I uh, I reviewed that one, um, I a, number, that one a number of weeks ago. It was just a fantastic cigar. Uh, the Oliva Serie V Millennial 135, as you pointed out, just just can't beat it. And I just added to this list today the Arturo Fuente Reserva Extra Viejo that you also mentioned, which was the one I reviewed this week because mm-hmm. it was just so absolutely good. And I also listed a budget smoke, my best budget smoke of the year. Uh, the Rocky Patel Mulligans Eagle Reserve, and you have oh, to yeah. buy that from Holtz. But I gave that an eight when I reviewed. I remember it that on yes. price to quality. So because it's very inexpensive, and I got to tell you, if you're you know walking the dog, if you're going to be in a bit of a breeze, and you don't want to you know smoke your most expensive you know three hundred dollar Cohiba, <laughs> you know because the breeze is going to make it burn a little hot. Or if you're doing what I do, which is put the top down when the weather's nice and uh, and yeah. smoke on a drive, this is a perfect cigar for that. It's got enough flavor to stand up to it, but it's not going to like break the bank if uh, it isn't doesn't wind up being the best smoking experience because right. of your environment. So <clears throat> love it, love it, absolutely love it. Um, so let's talk about this Imperial from a genius and the little book together because that is almost like it was planned that it's way. a little magical yeah actually almost like it was planned that way so i think the peanut butter and cacao nibs and then the cinnamon and chocolate that's in this there is a 
how am I going to say this the right way? Sometimes and vanilla. Sometimes the uh, beers that use cacao nibs wind up with this kind of peppery tang like that I spice. that I don't really. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but I, I don't love it. Um, this beer you can taste. That's definitely cacao nibs. It's not like mm-hmm. semi sweet chocolate or something. It's cacao nibs, but the way they use, I think, the vanilla, the way they bring the vanilla flavor out, smooths that out and doesn't make it uh, peppery on the finish. So, and I love it. The it's absolutely book. wonderful. Mm-hmm. The little book app actually lightens up just a little bit after you take a sip of the uh, Ingenious. Yes, it does. Um, it doesn't have quite the bite. When you go back to the Ingenious, though, after the little book, after the little book, it gets a creaminess that it previously just mm. didn't have. You're so right that it's absolutely there. Like you taste that milk, uh, that milk stout kind of thing that that mm-hmm. that that lactose kind of thing that it has going on in there. You know what I just realized we haven't done? What's that? We haven't done your segment from Lone Pint. Oh. So is it too late to put it into the show now? No, I think we have to. I actually. think we'll do that and that will be how we close out the show. Um, so before we go there, any holiday wishes that you would like to uh, that you would like I to send I wish for out? world peas. Yeah. You know, when you take a bunch of peas. But that's not like the black eyed peas, is it? Because yeah, I'm kind of done with that. <laughs> uh, holiday wishes. Uh, yeah. You know, um, let's see. Let me put up. Do you want unrealistic or realistic? Oh, no, what, whatever you want to say. Holiday wishes, holiday thoughts. I, I wish, we're, closing I wish out a, we're closing out a year of the show. I wish politicians in general would run off a cliff. <laughs> um. And that's that's so you're pro anarchy. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I know there's no way to clean up the system, but damn people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get Come it. On. Well, I just want to say, um, as we close out the system and Ian's visit to uh Lone Pint, which is one of our all time favorite breweries, uh, will be our 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 goodbye our closing It'll segment. be our closing segment for uh for this show and for the year. But before we do that, I just want to say a couple of thank yous. Thank you to John who has stepped in and uh, yes. done a fine job uh engineering the show and getting everything together for us. Uh thanks to Adam in the cloud for uh post production now on the show. We miss him. He's gonna be back for Christmas by the way. I hope oh, uh, can't wait hope to see you him. get a chance to see him. And uh and I also want to say uh thanks to Mary who handles uh, booking for the show mm-hmm. uh who's got some very interesting guests. We already have some interesting people lined up for uh, uh, for next year. So uh, we're going to salute you and say cheers, y'all, for one final time for 2022. And then Ian will uh, talk with the guys at Lone Pine and take us home. Man, those guys were a lot of fun. And thanks to you, my friend. It's thanks been a fun year. We love you guys. Thanks for uh, being here. We'll be back after the new year. And uh, Cheers, y'all. Cheers, now y'all. here's Ian at Lone Pine Brewery. It's alright when it's okay. Yeah.